ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. This is episode 202, and we're going to call it the School Board Special. It is a Monday night, and I just looked on my calendar, and it has been five days since my last episode. Not really quite sure what happened, other than to say that I had life going on, and I was enjoying it. So I had um, a program I went to in uh, Fort Worth. I will probably recap some of that uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, Then I had a follow-up program that I hosted in McKinney on Thursday. And then Friday, just had a special uh, daddy-daughter night. And, uh, well, Saturday and Sunday I usually take off and then... Well, lo and behold, it's Monday night. I'm home a little later than I expected, but still enough time to bust out an episode. I got to tell you, I was able to uh, get done with the committee work I was working on uh, that we'll have our report ready here in a day or two. Uh, Special hat tip to Jennifer out there. But on with the show we go. All right. So for those of you who don't know, I live in McKinney, Texas. McKinney, we have seven school districts in the city, but the primary one is McKinney Independent School District. And the MISD has their school board meetings once a month. And my friend got himself elected on the school board. And I might help him just a little bit, just a little bit. And, uh, I'm glad and proud that he's there and he is doing good work. However, he's not following the game plan. He dared to ask some questions. He dared to not follow along with the narrative. Now, one would think that there would be room for discussion. There would be room for some questions. There would be room for Posing ideas, but apparently not. And I know I've touched on this uh, briefly in the past, but let me just recap because there are rules and then there are rules. So the rules are for the rest of us, we can only behave in a certain manner. Unless, of course, we are friends of the board president. Then, We can name people by name and blame them for everything bad that has happened. And that's perfectly fine and legit. And there is zero consequence, not even a hand slap or a dirty look. Nope, nope, nope. That's all perfectly fine. But if I were to say say something negative about a board member or a principal or the superintendent I would likely be cut off. And if I wasn't, I would be chastised and bemoaned that I wasn't following the rules of decorum. And how dare I? Oh, let me clutch my chest. Hold my pearls tight because I'm so offended. Really? All we want are consistent rules. Those that are elected need to be held to the same level of accountability, actually, if not more, than those of us that are not elected in office. Those that wear badges ought to be held to a higher standard as well. After all, they are given authority, and 
with great authority slash power comes great responsibility. I mean, for those of you even the slightest bit familiar with Spider-Man know where that's coming from. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in this uh, hubbub, and, and that's my word, the hubbub on the pornography in schools. Well, they kind of blew it up into a straw man argument last month saying that we wanted to ban books or we wanted to burn books is what I heard. First of all, until last month, I never once addressed that issue. That's not my issue. I have friends there. That's their main concern is the porn in schools. And while that's not my main concern, that doesn't mean that it isn't a concern. It isn't something that bothers me. I'm really... As much as I am an advocate for the First Amendment, I wonder just how important is it that we put obscene material in front of little boys and little girls? Is it really necessary that a middle school student gets a comic book version of how to properly pleasure yourself or, you know, alternative methods of intercourse? And I'm trying to keep this PG-13 or even G would be better, but I mean, how is this appropriate for a middle school or God forbid an elementary school yet this stuff is all available to your children and the good Christians on the school board are just a okay with that. Well, there must be some redeeming value here because the library people told us it's okay. Hey, and uh little Rick, I mean, uh, Rick McDaniels, said, you need not worry about this. It's all good. Well, I'm just curious. For at least, to my knowledge, three of the people that serve on our school board have, pre- I'm, I want to be careful how I say this, have been known to attend First Baptist in McKinney. And I'm just curious if they would be really comfortable with sharing with their pastor the reading material that they protect to be given to six-year-olds. I'm just curious if they would like to share that with, well, I don't know, the uh, youth pastor of what they make available for junior high kids. I'm just, you know, really curious as, at least to my best of my knowledge, one of these people used to teach a Sunday school class. One wonders what was acceptable in that Sunday school class if this is what's acceptable in the school library. Oh, I'm not making an accusation there. I'm just asking questions. I mean, if that's the way we're going to play the game, you know, two can play that game. I mean, I can certainly climb down in the gutter with our uh, school board people. And some of the stuff that they tolerate and find acceptable and protect. I mean, if, if that's what we're going to do now. Unfortunately for me, I have to hold myself to a higher standard. So I, I'm going to not go down that path. But while we're on the subject of being good Christians and all, um, one of these school board members paid us a visit. Yes, my church was celebrating 25 years this last week. 25 years in the city of McKinney. And... One of those people was singled out because our church first met in the school that 
that person was a principal in, oh, 25 years ago. And from what I know about the guy, he's a good stand-up guy. He does the right thing. He's a good Christian role model. So I wonder, is he going to do the right thing? Is he going to do the right thing? And I could call him out by name, but I mean, it's not that hard to figure out who I'm speaking of. But my concerns and my issues have always been the issues, not the personalities. I don't go after individuals if I can help it. I I stick to the issue at hand. So I ask the question, will you do the right thing? You know what the issue is. You're very much aware of what the issue is. And regardless of what you story you're being fed, what propaganda has been piped into you, you know what's right and wrong. Would you want your grandkids looking at that material, reading that material? I think we already know the answer is no. And while we're on the subject, a good number of the speakers last month were very concerned that we're wanting to punish and ostracize and mistreat people. No, nobody wants that. Nobody thinks that way. I mean, talk about the slippery slope. You've created the cliff. Oh, yes. You know, we don't want to take books that are a, oh, I don't know, an instruction manual on how to have deviant behavior and give them to young kids. But on the flip side, nobody's advocating stoning somebody here. Come on, get a grip. Do away with the straw man nonsense and deal with the issue at hand. There's this nice creative loophole provided in the obscenity clause in the state Texas laws that allow for instructional educational material to be obscene and not be illegal. How does that work? I'm told that There is an opt-out feature. I'm told that the parents can actually control what books can be checked out. But here's the problem. I'm going to guess 75% of the parents have no idea, number one, that these books even exist, number two, that they're in the school library, or number three, that they can prevent their kid from checking it out. Now, I remember being... 10, 11, 12 years old. And I remember coming across things that were wholly inappropriate. But never ever would it have been in the school library. Never ever would it have been in the public library. No, you might have been at the neighbor's house in the older brother's room. And, you know, when your mom finds out, she doesn't congratulate you and say, Oh, well, little Stevie, that's that's just great. You're getting to explore your inner self and, you know, decide what you are. No, she recoiled in horror, destroyed the offending material, and then proceeded to lecture me on, well, number one, this is not expected nor allowed in this house. Number two, do you think uh, your father would be proud of you for doing this? And number three, pretty sure that Jesus would have some pretty stern words about what you're doing here, but we ended with the idea of go and sin no more. After a lengthy punishment and some consequences for bad behavior. But again, that's something that I had to get by less than easy means as a young boy. And, you know, for those of you that 
you know, want to poo-poo it and say it's no big deal. Um, there's a whole lot of psychologists, psychiatrists, theologians, and oodles of people that would tell you otherwise. Those materials, whether they're graphic pictures or a comic book instruction manual, can mess up a child's mind for life. It may take years to recover or build back your brain, if you will, after exposure to that kind of stuff. But is that what we really want? Is that what the good Christian way is? And I would suggest you know it is not. I would suggest to you that if you're going to call yourself a Christian, if you're going to live and espouse Christian values, you need to actually do that in the role that you do as an elected official. Now, I know, I know, we have the First Amendment. You're absolutely right. But the First Amendment does not protect obscenities or obscene material. And this is clearly obscene material, and it certainly shouldn't be given to minors. Now, I know, I know, you might have an argument for somebody that's north of 16 years old. I get it. And you know what? That's a separate discussion altogether. But there's no way that anybody convinced me that an eight-year-old is benefited by looking at this stuff or reading this stuff. Give me a break. So what I'm hoping for, what I'm expecting, is we're going to come up with a new plan. Somebody's going to be able to come out and say, you know what, we've talked about it as a board, and we've decided instead of having the opt-out feature, we're going to make it an opt-in feature. So in other words, if you as a parent are perfectly fine with your children reading pornographic material or partaking in obscene literature, you can do that. But we're not going to encourage it. In fact, we would prefer not to even provide the books. But since we already have them, we're going to put them in a special area where you have to have special permission to go get them in the high school. But because we care about your children, because we want to protect your children, because that's our job, we're not going to have this in the middle schools. We're not going to have this in the elementary schools. That's what I'm hoping happens. We're going to change the narrative. We're going to change the direction of the school district. And while we're on the idea of changing the direction of the school district, explain to me how it is that we have the same superintendent that took us from A-rated school district to a B-rated school district. And apparently, we're getting ready to, you know, just give him some more money and pat him on the back and tell him what a great job he's done. Again, where is the school board? What are they doing? Do they really think their constituents are happy with this? Do they do they think this is a, a great outcome? That we're just happy that we have a B student? That we've got a B school district? I don't know. One wonders. Now, I know we've got a whole lot of transient people and transplants from California. And I imagine they're just happy that they have a school, I don't know, that's not run by gangs or not overrun by drugs Oh, wait a minute. Well, I guess they're just happy to be out of California and they don't care. But for me, I would imagine that most parents want the schools to actually teach their children, oh, I don't know, language arts, history, science, math. You know, we used to call them the four R's. Um, 
And, you know, it'd be helpful if they could, I don't know, write in cursive, even though nobody really does that anymore. But, you know, that's maybe asking too much. Or they can use a keyboard. I mean, that probably is more useful in today's day and age. But are we even able to do that? No, but we spend an inordinate time worried about people's pronouns and what people's ancestors did and how people might have treated each other or some kind of microaggression or some other such nonsense that most eight-year-olds have no idea what you're talking about. I would I would say most 16-year-olds. Well, no, that's not true because by the time they get to be 16, they've been properly brainwashed by the school district. So we'll just stick with 12-year-olds. Most 12-year-olds really have no idea what you're talking about. Of course, at that point, they may have been brainwashed too. So maybe we go back to the six-year-olds, right? Most six-year-olds have no idea of any of this nonsense. But as an interesting aside, I did find it interesting that I understand that our, uh, how shall I say this? The superintendent told one of the new school board members, just close your mouth. I'm sorry. First of all, that's not how one adult talks to another adult. Second of all, last time I looked, the superintendent actually worked for the school board. And if he should be ordering around a school board member as if they were a high school student, that's kind of a problem. Maybe shows a little bit of lack of respect. Lack of decorum. Perhaps he checked his doctor title at the door and just decided to act like a punk. I don't I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I didn't hear it. I heard about it secondhand, so no names will be spoken as to who the person was that was potentially offended, but it is kind of curious that that was tolerated, that that's excused, that that's overlooked. But while we're on the subject, the one guy who actually has addressed almost all of these issues is enemy number one. Yes, the the one guy who, um, oh, I don't know, took the time to listen to some parents and go find out exactly what was in the library. He's the problem. The one guy who ran um, on a different agenda, who asks questions, the one guy that, I don't know, isn't like all the others, He's the problem. He's enemy number one. So much so that the elected official that runs the city, or at least thinks he does, had to show up and lambast him in his absence. Yes, clearly he is the embodiment of all that is evil in the McKinney School District. Never mind that half the people on that school board have been there more than 10 years. Never mind that those same people have oversaw the decline of the school district with no repercussions, no embarrassment. Yet, they're going to reward the people that do the mediocre job. With what we're paying in taxes, we should be getting better than mediocre. And now, after all of this, it's come to my attention that tomorrow, of all the things we could be dealing with in the McKinney ISD, School board meetings, we're going to have to talk about whether or not they should censure another member of the school board because, oh, I don't know, he looked at somebody wrong. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I fail to see the wisdom in this. I don't understand how this is a priority. 
They've had nine months to address a single issue, and they still don't have a resolution to it. They still don't have it solved. I mean, I would be happy with any number of potential resolutions. For myself, I think everybody's trying to be very reasonable and polite, but when you refuse to meet with your constituents, when you refuse to address the problem, when you refuse to, I don't know, take people seriously, that leads itself to a real problematic situation. So what do we do? Well, it just so happens that there will be another election. Now, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a whole nother year. But I'm thinking some people need to retire. They need to be put to pasture. Said to the dustpan of history. Yes, y'all have done enough on that school board. We thank you for your service. Now go back home and leave the school district to somebody that actually cares. That would be my suggestion. Of course, what will happen, we'll just need to wait and see. And quite frankly, it's a little too early to get that busy about this. But just remember, we're watching. We know who you are. We know your names. You know what? It's not that hard to figure out where you live. It's not that far hard to, I don't know, make your life challenging. I mean, that's what you seem to be wanting to do with your students, right? I mean, you're so concerned about the past and, you know, reparations and concerns that you you're you're masking the whole concept of the hmm, race Marxism under the idea that well we don't teach CRT no but you model it and you practice it but the reality is you're treating our children like they're the slaves you mask them up you make them follow specific rules you make them follow a specific clock and you punish them for speaking out of turn. You punish them for speaking when they're in a quiet time. And, you know, whatever other sundry rules that you've come up with in the school to maintain discipline. Because discipline before all, you know. But Johnny can't read. Mary can't write. But hey, they know what that bell means. But so did Pavlov's dog. I'm sorry, we can do better. We need to do better. And that's what's coming down the pike. We can do better. With that, this is the school board special or episode 202 of According to Callus. And I will see you on the other side.